There is a place between mystery and terror, greed and desire, love and despair. It is a place that reaches beyond the shadows of our hopes and the desert of our deepest fears. It is the realm of the imagination, that timeless place of magic and intrigue. Look up ahead. There's a lighted house on the hill. Deep within lie the tales of mystery and wonder. Takeout, written and produced by Sean America. He stared into the screen, and his therapist stared back. She was a plain brunette with large glasses, an angular nose, full lips, and hazel eyes. Her auburn hair was tied back in a ponytail with a blue scrunchie. She was concerned. Eight months since Randy Quipper began therapy sessions, and there had been no discernible progress in his treatment. Today, she hoped to break that trend. Her goal was a simple one. Randy had to exit the front door with the keys in his pocket and close and lock the door behind him. Wait two minutes and then unlock the door and go back inside. We're going to try this, Randy. We've rehearsed this again and again. Keys in left hand, walk out the door, lock it behind you, and just stand there for two minutes. What if I forget my keys and I lock myself out? That won't happen. 
You've put your keys in your left-hand pocket and will only take them out when you're locking or unlocking the door. You can feel them in your pocket, correct? Yes, I, I can feel them. Then there's nothing to worry about. What if there's an aggressive dog out there? Have you heard any dogs in the corridor? Not today, but Miss Grizzly comes around with her dog. And what kind of dog does she have? A chihuahua. And do you think that little dog could hurt you? Not sure. Mr. Gimbles is exceedingly loud. Mr. Gimbles is the dog's name? Yes, that's the dog's name. So, you think a little dog could actually hurt you? Not sure. I've heard stories of vicious dogs which maul people, tearing up their faces. Do you think a little chihuahua would maul your face? Maybe. He looks pretty fierce. Dr. Freed sighed visibly, looking at Randy through the Zoom window. I don't think Mr. Gimbles will maul your face, but I suppose, Randy, that's a risk you'll have to take if you want to reconnect with the world. What if I get mugged with someone with a gun or a knife? That could happen too, couldn't it? It could happen, Randy. We all have to face dangers in life, but that doesn't mean we have to stop living, does it? I suppose. I... I don't know. Randy was visibly fearful, trembling. Keys in your left pocket? Yes, Dr. Freed. Let's get to it. Randy stared at the white door of his apartment. It was a modern studio with a white top kitchen counter, hardwood floors, a black couch, black chairs surrounding a small white dining table he inherited from his grandmother. Randy put his tennis shoes over his feet. He wore white sweats and a black tee. He was rail thin, a little stooped, with Buddy Holly glasses. He took timid steps towards the front door, which seemed to be hundreds of feet away. He began to sweat. All right, let's do this. He eyed the keyhole, satisfied the hallway was empty. Placing a trembling hand on the brass doorknob, worn smooth from the thousands of times it was touched, Randy turned the knob, hearing the latch mechanism click. A draft of warm air rushed in, and he could smell sweating bodies intermingled with the odor of onions and turmeric and the half-smoked cigar from Mr. Holden down the hall. It was a repulsive smell. He slammed the door shut, his back against the door, visibly sweating now, the beads running down from his brow, dripping on to his pristine black tee. Opening the door again, Randy stuck his head out, like a prairie dog, and again smelled the stench of the hallway. He pried open the door with his right hand, sliding across the panel like he was on the ledge of a high-rise. Dragging himself out the door, he backed himself against the door frame, hearing the click of the latch as the door closed. Aha! Aha! I did it! Mrs. Grizzly came home with her chihuahua. It barked ferociously at Randall, and he scurried back into his apartment. He was pouring with sweat now, his dark hair caked to his pallid face. He sat down again at his computer screen, 
his dark eyes staring into the Zoom window where Dr. Freed patiently waited. That wasn't so bad, was it? Mr. Gimbles was out there again. Was he nice to you? No, he was all teeth and claws. Perhaps then you can buy some doggy treats and make friends. Randall thought for a moment. Yes, perhaps Dr. Freed was correct. Perhaps the dog could smell his fear and disgust and was responding in kind. Dr. Freed looked probingly through the computer screen, as if to read her patient's silent thoughts. She looked at her watch. Our time is up for today, Randy. Next time, we'll go a little further. Down the hall, I mean. You know that cafe around the corner? The one you've been talking about? Perhaps we can make that our end goal. We have some lunch, some coffee, something like that. How does that sound? Randy gave a nervous smile, almost a grimace. That sounds quite nice. I can almost see it. Well then, we'll make that our goal. Yes, our goal. That will be our goal. Randy checked on his order of cleaning supplies from Amazon. Six cans of scrubbing bubbles. The package should be there at 2 p.m. He waited beside his door, and upon hearing the familiar rap of Mr. Petersburg, opened it a crack to look at his postman's shoes. Delivery by the door, Mr. Quiver. Everything all right in there? Oh, yes, Mr. Petersburg. Everything is fine. Exceedingly fine. Mr. Petersburg stood there for a moment, as if to say something else, and thinking better of it, he turned the toes of his boots and walked down the hall towards the elevator. Randy Quiver watched him go through the crack in the door, counting his footsteps. Fifty-seven. Always fifty-seven. Randall dragged the package inside, shutting the door, and with his orange plastic box cutter, severed the brown tape binding the package. The cans of scrubbing bubbles were bubble-wrapped together, and he carefully separated them, putting them in a clean line, labels out. Six cans to clean the bathroom. He put on his forearm-length yellow gloves, blue respirator mask, and began spraying the counter, sink, and toilet with a thick coat of the miracle substance. Gobs of white foam began to drip from the toilet. He coated the shower with another two cans. He let the spray sit for 15 minutes as indicated on the can's instructions and then opened a package of orange sponges. He wrung out the sponges a few times in scalding hot water, wiped down the foam, and dropped them into a black trash bag. It was a few minutes after he finished cleaning up in the bathroom when he began to hear it. The scurrying sound inside the vent. He looked up through the white slats of the exhaust fan and saw the creature. Paraplania americana, the American cockroach. It lost its footing and it dropped to the floor. He stomped on it with his white tennis shoes, spraying the guts of the cockroach over his newly cleaned floor. Oh shit, shit, shit! Cockroaches! What am I going to do now? Randy was astute enough to know that where there was one cockroach, there were many. He grabbed his brand new LED flashlight and aimed its beam into the vent. 
The vent was affixed to the ceiling with two painted-over screws. He came back with a small orange plastic toolkit and a stepladder. He affixed a head-mounted LED light and got to work on the screws, holding the panel in place. He lifted it off. Two sizable cockroaches dropped from the vent onto Randall's pallid face. He screamed in bodily horror, swatting away at the bugs. He fell off the ladder and landed on his forearm. He heard a visible crunch as his forearm broke from the impact and let out an audible scream. The building superintendent heard Randall's vocalizations and came in seeing Randall squirming in pain. Just lie there. Don't move. I'll call the ambulance. No ambulance. No ambulance. Just call a doctor. Mr. Petersburg knew about Randy's agoraphobia. The whole building did, so he didn't question him further. He found a doctor who did house calls and could set the arm. In the meantime, he set a pillow under Randy's head and waited patiently for him to arrive. When Dr. Rarity showed up, he waved his portable x-ray machine over the forearm, looking at the image projected on the screen. You're very fortunate, Mr. Quiver. It looks like you have a simple, non-displaced fracture. The bone is still in place, you see. Any more than this, and I would have definitely had to have you transported to a hospital setting. As it is, I can set the bone and cast it. Then you can come into the office. I can't leave my apartment. And why is that? I haven't left my apartment in five years. Oh, I see. Dr. Rarity paused for a moment, thinking. Well, how about I make a house visit to you in about eight weeks, and we can make sure everything is healing up okay. Then I can cut off the cast, that is, if the bones are healing properly. Randy nodded. Dr. Rarity dipped the plaster gauze strips in a bowl of water and applied them to Randall's broken arm. The whole process took about ten minutes, and once satisfied with the work, he walked out the door. Randall looked at his cast and grimaced. He got a red solo cup from the cabinet, pushed on the refrigerator water dispenser, and down the Vicodin tablet Dr. Rarity gave him with a gulp of water. He noted the splat cockroach was still on the bathroom floor, along with the rest of the calamity, and he lifted up the turned-over stepladder and put it back in the storage closet with his tools. He vigorously scrubbed up the cockroach guts with the foaming tile cleanser he ordered online. He wasn't used to doing such vigorous work with his left arm, and it tired him. He sat down exhausted at the computer keyboard and typed, How to Get Rid of Roaches at the Google Prompt. A paid Google ad popped up, and he read through the reviews. A business named Mike the Bug Guy seemed right up Randy's price range, so he gave him a call. Hello, Mike. I'm Randy. Randy Quiver. I've got a big roach problem right here in Newark. Yes, it seems like there's a nest of them in my ventilation shaft. Do you do that? I'll kill them for you. When do you want the job done? It'd be really good if you could come today. Would 6 p.m. be good? That works for me. Address? 555 Somber Street, 07188. I'm in apartment 752. I'll get the bug juice and head over at 6. 
Righto. I'll see you then. At 6.05 p.m., Mike rapped at the door. He was a stout man with rubber suspenders, boots, and a ball cap with Mike the Bug Guy on it. He wore a backpack with two pressurized containers of poison and a couple of lines leading to sprayers. Randy opened the door enough for Mike to come inside. Why don't you show me where the little buggers are? Randy showed Mike where the cockroaches were in the vent. It was still off by the sink. Mike sprayed into the opening. The little beasties are tricky, but they are driven by three things. Food, water, shelter. Is there any source of food for them? You know, food you leave out? There is only dry food in the pantry. Aha! Any cereal boxes in there? A few, but I rarely eat cereal. Mm-hmm. Mike proceeded to take the cereal boxes out one by one. His eyes lit up when he saw the box of grape nuts. You see this box of healthy high-fiber cereal? Mike proceeded to shake the box. A few cockroaches slid out of a place on the bottom, where they chewed through. Cockroach heaven! Mike pulled out the boxes of cereal, many had been chewed through, and bagged them. Last thing I need to do is put some traps in the pantry for the cockroaches. They'll come back here, see, for their food supply. Then they'll carry the poison back to their nest, and that will kill them all. Mike gave Randy some instructions with the card, and he left with the contaminated plastic garbage bags, which he threw away in a chute down the hall. Randall walked over to the living room. He wiped his brow with his functional hand and sat down on the couch with a huff. Boy, what a day. Don't really want to cook. Randy walked over to his fridge, where he had takeout menus affixed with Boney's pizza magnets. He chose Jade Dynasty and gave them a ring. Hello, Lucy. This is Randy. Randy Quiver over in apartment 752. Could you send my usual? Great. Thanks. He hung up the mobile device, his mind crawling back to the grotesque images of his miniature invaders. He imagined the little beasts crawling over his now vacant pantry, taking the poison back to their nest. Mike said it would take a few days for the poison to propagate. Still, he was uneasy. What if something went wrong? Were they smart enough to detect a ruse and adjust? Could they form a strategy? Or were they just blind automatons going about their business of eating, scurrying, and multiplying? Randy decided he desperately needed to change his thought processes and thumb through his Netflix DVDs. Logan's Run, Strange Days, Close Encounters, and They Live. He chose They Live, perhaps because it fit his estranged paranoia and generalized anxiety. He shoved the DVD in the player and plopped down on the black living room couch, wincing because of the ache in his broken forearm. Right as he sat down to the opening credits, a knock came at the door with his order of Chinese food. He tipped the delivery guy a five and brought the sesame chicken and the beef and broccoli with some white rice over to the couch and got some blue plastic plates and black plastic forks and white paper napkins. He settled in. It was at that moment something terrible happened, something in which Randy would never recover. 
the lights and the television shut off. Randy audibly gasped, and he could discern other voices coming out in the hallway. Randy half-blindly stumbled into the kitchen, fishing for his LED flashlight. He turned it on and meekly scuttled over to the couch. Right then, Mr. Petersburg knocked, asking to come in. I'm sorry to disturb you at this late hour, but it appears a transformer blew knocking out the power to the building. The power company is working on it and should get things up and running in a few hours. A few hours? How can I be in the dark for a few hours? My apartment is infested with cockroaches. You're not the only one. Mr. Holden and Mrs. Grizzly's apartments are also infested. Had them fumigated today. Holden and Mrs. Grizzly are currently sleeping in the hallway. It's a mess. This is the worst of all possible situations. Oh dear, my heart is palpitating. Oh, I have high blood pressure and now this. You're welcome to join us in the hallway. We're having ice cream from Mr. Holden's refrigerator. Neapolitan. Oh no, I couldn't do that. I think I'd like to be alone right now, all things told. Mr. Petersburg shut the door, leaving Randy with his sole source of light. He had lost his appetite and left the Chinese food on plates on the couch. And that is where Randy Quiver made his biggest error. The cockroaches, you see, had adjusted. They stopped going to the poison bait traps and were scurrying around ferociously looking for a new food source. They discovered Randy's plates of food and infested them, devouring taking large chunks. Randy aimed the LED beam at them, turned pale, and went into cardiac arrest. He lay there on the floor, face staring blankly at the ceiling, his flashlight rolling a few turns. His body wasn't discovered until late the next morning. Mr. Petersburg was called in to identify Randy, and a time of death was approximated. They put the corpse in a body bag, but in a moment of haste, they forgot to hide Randall's bloated face. The paramedics carried Randy on a stretcher to the ambulance. His head was tilted a little bit to the left. If his eyes could see, they would have noticed the charming little cafe he wanted to go to all these years. They would have seen the pies arrayed in a display case beside the window, the bright cheery red leather booths, and their pretty waitress serving pancakes and omelets and coffee. But they were dead eyes, and they never noticed anything ever again. Take out. Starring Somera Trujillo as Dr. Freed, Martin Miles as Mr. Petersburg, Dr. Rarity, and Mike the Bug Guy, and Sean America as Randy Quiver. Thanks to you all. I would also like to thank Darren America, who acted as a creative consultant on this episode. Thank you.
Have you enjoyed listening to tales of mystery and wonder? Then consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. This will help us spread the word and create great content in the future. Thanks for listening.